Check, 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 check. Giant, giant Egyptians in the building. We got that good high frequency coming through. DJ Amin Ra, let him know. I know I can count on you. Are you giving it or not? I feel like saying, Lord, I just don't care. But you've got the time to go. It's time to flow. TBMP, what's up? Sometimes it seems the going is just too rough. And things go wrong no matter what I do. Now and then it seems like life is just too much. But you got the love I need to see me through. When food is gone, you are my daily need. Friends are gone. When I'm feeling someone watching me and so on. 
go, and on the count of three, go, 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 and on the count of three, go, 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 on the count of three, everybody run back to your fantasy now, go, 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 and on the count of three, go, 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 and on the count of three, go, 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 go. And on the count of three, everybody run back to your fantasy. Now, she was a bad, uh, the type at the club niggas would grab her. Fantasize when I had her in the bathroom, sweating with her ass up. The body of a dancer, we had chemistry cause she was a cancer. Thought forever it would last for, but forever move faster, so I had to. Still, I got the pause when I think about her in them drawers and her. Ooh, baby, she liked it raw and. Like rain when she came and poured it Like a car that I can't afford I would want it, then want some more uh, The positions our frames explored Let me know she was secure Back for more, I wanna Go, 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 go And on the count of three Go, 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 go And on the count of three Go, 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 go Uh on the count of three, everybody run back to your fantasy now. Go, 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 and on the count of three. Go, 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 and on the count of three. Go, 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 and on the count of three, everybody run back to your fantasy now. This is Start a record label, Miss Fish just did it Nylon, cover five minutes Whoa, we up too hot in the business About to make a movie independent Need new trucks independent I need you to listen to the vision All your verses sound like dirty dishes I'm about to clean them in the kitchen And we making money by the minute I'm about to do a way different I am just an icon living I am just an icon living I, I, icon living I am just an icon living, living. I am just an icon icon living. I am not a Mayan, I'm a menace. It's wild, you can lie like a professor. I don't got the time to put you on a stretcher. Stretcher. I am here and I'm still flexing. I am just an icon living. Start a record label, Miss Fish just did it. Whoa, I'm high star, cover five minutes. Whoa, we are so hot in the business. Last verse was before the award show. Icon tatted on my torso. Me and Moy dipping in the porso. What? I ain't even taking on torso. What? Uh, down. Last girl signed a divorce, so what? Now I'm focused and we about to all blow up We just tryna make the whole crowd go nuts, what? Look, we don't know no one like you Go grills and you dance like Michael No eyes, misfits, no typos, Look, wait We just wanna make you go psycho Put a hundred thousand dollars in the Bible, I took the game with my eyes closed Last verse was before the award show Icon tatted on my torso Me and Moy dipping in the porso, what? I ain't even taking
taking on torso, what? Your shit is fire, I'm more so, what? Young Jaden dying on the floor, so what? She broke my heart to the core, so what? I guess we all gotta grow up I'm just an icon, live it Start a record label, Big Fish just did it Boom, interview, cover five minutes Boom, we are too hot in the business Boom, I'm going straight to the top of the crew We should just chill and maybe take it slow Before we get up there with nowhere to go And we can chill and just look at the view what? Damn, throw the yellow rose into a rifle Me and Harry not to go psycho, psycho Put a hundred thousand in the Bible, Bible, damn Wait, go deep, dance like Michael Michael, man, this nigga on like a light bulb Open all the cutty in a Tyco About to make a movie independent Need new trucks independent I need you to listen to the vision All your verses sound like dirty dishes I'm about to clean them in the kitchen And we making money by the minute I'm about to do a way different I am just an icon living
pictures. aka Aperture 01 and we are here with DJ Amin Ra who just killed that set mm. Mm. with mm. N it's amazing mm-hmm. what's up Amin Ra how you doing you know that was just a, a peak if I ever get to play a rave sometime <laughs> in the next couple of weeks oh. that'd be nice oh okay that'd be really nice to get to do that I mean I would jam out to that rave or gnaw rave or gnaw that's a nice <laughs> that's a nice one yeah and uh, we're joined also by Giggle Foot what's up yeah, happy to be here per usual with the awesome people. Oh man, awesome, awesome, We're awesome We're excited people. to have you. What are you drinking right now? I got a trifecta going on here. <laughs> I got my immunity tea, my my like standard um, black tea? rose. Like, what, what makes it immunity tea? It's just got it's just got everything in there, like echinacea and like you, uh, elderberries and just things that just natural remedies. Just make you make you happy and nice and. When are you gonna come out with your own line of drinks that we can just buy, like at Whole Foods? I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna be my thing. I don't know if I'll be a Whole Foods kind of girl. I just uh, need my collective to follow me around and, oh, we're and drink not cool with, with moms me. Anymore, right? We're cool. Are we cool with moms? Still? We're, we're cool mom. with moms. We're, I mom mean, we're on speaking terms. We're still organic member. Sponsor our podcast, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined by a very special guest uh, today. Uh, and it's a little different because usually we have like a musical guest on yes. the show. Yeah. So this time we, we brought some brains in, you know, because like normally we're just sitting here talking smack about, you know, who's got the dopest track or whatever. But today we have some substance, some today. substance, some ah, real some substance. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today is Hardeep Grover of Trust Squire Legal Services. Give it up for Damn. what's up, man? What's up, man? What's, up? what's going on, guys? I'm uh, not excited wait, to be here. Right I mean, now. and you have the coolest name. <laughs> You just like hard deep, you know. I mean, I'm just saying. You but sound the Grover like, is what get me, is what gets me, you know. It's like <laughs> just rolls off the tongue. Grover sounds like smooth. Sounds like you trust this guy. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a trustworthy person. But yeah, so uh, Trust Squire. What you know? What I've been meaning to ask you this. What does Trust Squire mean? So it's funny, man. Everyone asks me that, and I've tried to come up with some kind of a cohesive answer, but I, <laughs> it, it's a little split. So it's really a nickname my wife Manisha gave me. Okay. So when I passed my third bar exam, she started calling me Triple Esquire, oh, and man. shortened it to Tresquire. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Wait, so it's like a rap name? It's a rap name. Low key rapping on, you know what? <laughs> he said, when I pass my third bar, yeah. Bars, yeah. bars. I got bars. Bar. <laughs> extra, extra charge. <laughs> but, uh, now yeah. they pay me triple doubles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, okay. Well, so, okay, that's dope. Yeah. That's glad, to, glad we finally figured that one out. <laughs> I didn't so, realize it'd be so dope, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best background story ever. Yes. <laughs> well, so, like, it, it came time to open my, my, my own firm. You know, every other lawyer just names it after himself, right? Like, mm. it, it's a string of last names, and I don't think that really works anymore. People move in and out of companies these days. Mm-hmm. Loyalty is, is, like, an ephemeral concept. So, you know, I, I didn't want to name it after myself, just in case I'm going to change or grow some other way in the future. So I named it Tresquire, and, you know, people... Like that that triple Esquire, but it also flows as like trustworthy Esquire, which is mm-hmm. you know a matter of distinguishing myself a little bit. So just just give it a give it a name rather than myself, so it can grow in its own little way. So and hey. just to go on that real quick, the Esquire, because you know when I was younger, I used to always think Esquire was just something that like people called themselves because I thought they were cool people. They're like <laughs> you know I am Brandon Russell Esquire. I'd be like, what? You know, is that you're a knight? What does that mean? So does it just mean you're a lawyer? Is that literally just the meaning of it? It's actually different country by country. In the United States, yes. Now, if you watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you might get a little confused. I get it. Exactly. Yeah, that was my basis for my whole thing. But, uh, (laughs) But in the United States, if you add Esquire after your name, it generally means you're a lawyer. Okay. Generally. What else could it mean? All right, it specifically means you're a lawyer, but people don't always know that, so they just drop it after. (laughs) (laughs) He said it in the nicest way. Some people are just being... So he's just yeah. keeping it 100 with us. That, I mean, that, that's why we like hanging out with you, man. You just, and that's actually why we got you on the show today. Because, you know, um, as we've been growing here in the beaten path, uh, you know, we've been talking to various people, working on different projects and things. And when you start interacting with people, um, you run into a lot of issues where, you know, it helps to actually have a piece of paper because... You know, when you're out here hustling, trying to do something in the art world and starts money and things start getting involved, it starts getting a little difficult. And that's usually the difference between somebody who, you know, decides to move on and do this professionally, something, you know, in music or uh, film or whatever, between someone who's just doing it as a hobby. And uh, I think for us, it's been great just kind of like surround ourselves with people who, uh, you know, share that same mindset and, you know, definitely want to help people um, just achieve their goals and that seems to be your thing man like so like you seem like you're like a you're hustling like you know like i think of a lawyer i think like you know a bunch of guys in suits and like a nice fancy office building like you know just doing their thing like you know asking you for ten thousand dollars before you can even speak to them yeah yeah you know eating lobster and steak lunches right (laughs) and then charging the client for it (laughs) but yeah i mean not to say you know that to discredit you that's not what that means i guess it's just cool to like feel like you're very knowledgeable but you're very down to earth and be able to talk to you so you know yeah i I mean so i started my own practice so i could just kind of do my own thing i know lawyers are generally considered as risk averse you know you talk to any consulting agency or anyone in almost any industry the worst part of their day is when they got to deal with legal someone from legal is probably going to shut what you're doing down Mm. I don't think that's how it has to be, you know? Like, I think a lawyer's role can also be to try and help you get to your goals, but make sure you're you're safeguarding your assets and you're following all the procedures you need to in the process, right? Like, mm-hmm. that that's what loopholes can be in a way, right? Like, we lawyers should want to get you where you want to be mm-hmm. and just help you get there the fastest and most effective way possible. Okay, so, and that's been the lesson. Like, 
just knowing that, like I always thought like, like you said, they were just going to come and hustle and shake us down for some money and we're going to sign something you can just get on the internet, you know, because that's what a lot of people think. It's like, you know, you go online, you print out some release forms or whatever you were working on and you're like, bam, I just, you know, download an app that created contracts, boom, you hand it to somebody. And then when you actually get into some legal trouble, you're like, oh shit, what the hell? And you know, you're not asking yourself like, what the hell does this piece of paper even mean? Right. It can so, mean anything. You know. it, it's true, man. And so there's a, a massive industry forming around these online contracts, right? Like Rocket Lawyer is one of the big companies. You go up there, you you fill out a couple words, name, address, you know, a couple drop down menus, and it spits out a contract. And theoretically, it's awesome. But the problem is, almost everyone has a unique situation they're in. No two agreements are the same. Mm-hmm. Everyone negotiates something. They got different interests. There's some going on in the background. No contract that's a form contract at this point is generally going to work for everyone around. Now, in three years, five years, once AI comes into place and, you know, like, can really oh, get AI, wait a minute. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> back up, back up. See, now you're on some other stuff. What, what are you talking about? All of a sudden, like, Google's going to just be able to spit out a contract that, you know, knows what we want to do? Like, yeah, so so uh, I would say law falls into two main categories, right? Aside from advisory stuff, you got litigation and you got transactional. Litigation is folks that go to court, they sue people, you know, you got a problem, they take care of you. Transactional people are the folks trying to make deals happen. So uh, okay. one of the most complicated parts for the litigation folks, the people that go to court, is writing the complaint, right? You, you, you find someone that's been wronged in some way and you got to write this five page 25 page 125 page complaint that details and outlines exactly what 125 the pages what? man that's like crazy <laughs> you write 125 page complaints you've done that before no no I no he's do, not do that he's not that guy Whoa, he's, who he's does the guy that? we want to talk to I, I did transactions I did oh really <laughs> yeah that, that that's not so, so yeah tell us a little bit more <laughs> about your transaction background. man now because <laughs> now you're getting into it so yes. like what what is your background in law like what are you pursuing currently in law at the moment well, so uh, so I started my practice uh, working with a couple wineries out in California. I, actually, backing up, I went to uh, GW here in the district. Uh, graduated, G-dope. Yeah, graduated <laughs> about seven years ago. And, uh, you know, at the end of that seven years, I didn't know where I was going to be, but I know I want to be in California. So I just kind of packed up my shit and showed up. And uh, worked with a couple wineries out there, cut my teeth, uh, realized California actually wasn't for me, at least at that point in time. So Really? I mean, just kind of like, you were like, yo, it's too warm out here and there's too much wine and warm weather. The wine I miss. The wine I miss. <laughs> uh, the weather was dope. Everywhere you looked, you see mountains and water. It's a beautiful place, man. But I don't know, it's small, right? Like... San Francisco is smaller than the district yeah. in terms of population and size. And like it's it's got 49 square miles. Awesome. But there's only four square miles you really want to hang out in. So in the end, it turns into a really small place once you've been there for a bit. And at that point in life, I needed somewhere big. So I packed okay. up again, showed up in New York. And I lived there for a few years. Really loved it. New York is... New York. There's no other way to say it. Right? New York, New York. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, I did a lot of litigation work there uh, with, a, with a small firm. And then I uh, also worked with uh, some f- uh, film producers and actors out there. And that's where I really started getting the idea of kind of opening up my own practice, doing mm. exactly what I wanted to do. So uh, like yeah. what what like what exactly like who did you work with? Like what was the thing that you were working on? And you were just like, yes, this is what I want to be doing all the time. So, uh, <laughs> so I got a buddy out there, Vinny Anand. If you look him up, he is a crazy motherfucker. He's awesome. <laughs> great dude. Great dude. 
He. Uh, What's his Instagram? You know his Instagram? Does he have one? Uh, yeah, he's probably got like three Instagrams. If you if you search Vinny Anand, it'll probably show up V I N N Y A N A N D. Okay. And uh, check his, that out, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> his face been on uh, billboards in Times Square. He's been in Thirty Rock. He just finished up a play in Pittsburgh. Okay. Like he, he's a hustler, right? New York hustler. He's doing things. He wears multiple hats. And so yeah, I started working with him. He started trying. Uh, he wanted to start a film production company. He mm-hmm. started making TV shows while acting and modeling and doing all kinds of stuff. And you know, just helping him through the process really showed me like. It showed me that I hated what I was doing there (laughs) and what I would actually really like to do. Mm -hmm. So so it was completely different. You were doing there. It had nothing to do with entertainment at all or anything like that. Nothing at all. I just started dipping my toes in entertainment. Passion. You were like, this is what I'm really passionate about. Um, How can I, you know, use my skills that I've like paid a lot of money for to really do what I want to do? Yeah. That $200,000 piece of paper, that degree. Yeah. I got to use it somehow. right? (laughs) Yeah. You got to put it to work. Put a smile on my face. (laughs) Oh, wow. So. Uh, so I came to D.C., came back to D.C. I was born and raised here, been gone for a while, but came back to the district. And, uh, yeah, I, I decided to start a practice working with what I love. And I love food. I love alcohol. I love art. And I love the entertainment industry. So I love working with restaurants or wineries, breweries, musicians, film producers. It, a lot of what you guys are doing back here in TB&P. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's it's been a great ride so far. And I'm just thrilled to see what the future brings, you know. In New York, I, I didn't really love what I was doing here. Every day is exciting. Wow. Mm. So it's like you're, you know, it's weird. It's like you're making things happen, too. It's like, you know, he gets to be a, like an artist in a way, you know. Definitely. Don't think, you don't think we normally think of lawyers as being an artist. I mean, not this, you know, it's like you're Or like, our spiritual moment. Yeah. Or like spiritual, like the, the way that you do anything says something about how you do everything, you know. Like anything can be art or masterfully done. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know what I've discovered about this the most? Is the the use of the English language and how tricky it can be? It, <laughs> like, and how if you say some one one thing a certain way, it can mean completely different if you say it another way using the same exact words. Oh yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And some of these like in depth contracts, that, Egyptian as fuck that we've looked at. You <laughs> Extra know, foreign. Just, yeah, the English language is a very deceiving language. <laughs> wait a minute. So I always love discussing these language things with you. So wait a minute. So like, how different is that from like if it was in Arabic or something? Like there wouldn't be some kind of like. There's not ways to it do changes. That. Okay, I'll give you an example. When you go to, it's 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 ingrained into religion, culture, everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, give me an English saying that you would have, like something that you would commonly say. What the fuck? Yeah. No, something that we, something. These Oreo How cookies are, are good. I don't know. What do you um, um, an English phrase like um, something with like a saying, a saying in English um, that you would regularly use. Strap on your boots. There you go. Good one. Interesting. <laughs> I'm gonna translate that's that. A hard one like, to, that's a hard tra- one. That's a hard one to translate. So okay, to break it down a little bit more, uh, Arabic is a little bit more um, phonetic, and it also it doesn't describe necessarily the the word, but more so the action. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more poetic. Mm-hmm. So. For instance, if you wanted to send somebody a cards, I love you to the moon and back. Okay. There's no such thing in Arabic that you can say that. It means I love you from here to the moon, but there's no back. You know, like, you can't, you can't say It just sounds really like... People just look at you like, what the fuck are you talking what about? Are you, what are you saying? You know? It sounded nice to me. But but to go back to the, to the original question... Um, 
I don't know. I just think that the way it's set up in English, it's a little bit more deceiving than it is in Arabic. Hmm. Is that? Um, be- I mean, maybe Hardeep, maybe something to say about you know, English is kind of the language of uh, of money. <laughs> I mean, way. yeah, that's that's somewhat recent. The, the French will probably still be a little upset if they hear you say that. But <laughs> I mean, it, it's in place for a lot of reasons, and I think one of the reasons might actually be that we have more words than pretty much any other language. Mm-hmm. I, I I read somewhere that we have more words than wow. all the Romance yeah. languages combined. Really, that that's sense. why a lot of languages like French have to be poetic because yeah. they have no other option. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, we can speak to everything, and that's why when it comes to a contract, there is so much complexity because you need the specificity. There is there was a, a joke I remember in law school where someone needed to define an orange. And for us, it's an orange, right? It's yeah. just citrus, that's all. But this was a three-paragraph statement on what an orange is, defining the the variation between the skin and the pith. Oh, my and, God. Uh, and, you know, the not the citrus content, but where the navel falls and the mm. roundness of it. And, okay. You know, you have to be specific because someone on the other side, if you're not specific enough, they're going to find that little flaw and right. say, no, nah, this ain't an orange. Right. <laughs> that's because people in English yeah. always looking for a way to cheat a man. See? See what I'm saying? See, see, we always, business as usual. Why? American business as usual. But you no, but like it. hustling, hustling. Do you do you, you you've you've traveled? I'm, I know you've traveled. Do you find law practices here in America to be very much more? Um, I would say not direct than other places, like for instance in Japan or somewhere in Southeast Asia. Is law practiced differently than it is there, just because of the cultural like background or? Is that something that we've just come up with here where it's like straight in your face, very direct, sign me your life over right now? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I think law here is different for two reasons. The first is the fact that in the United States, as opposed to the vast majority of the world, you have to have an advanced degree to be a lawyer. In most of the world, you can become a lawyer just by going to undergrad, you take an exam after you're done, you're set. Mm. United States, they changed that, I wanna say in the 60s or 70s, and they made it a system where the American Bar Association came and said, you have to go to grad school to become a lawyer. So that elevates us in a way and mm. makes us think we're smart as shit when maybe we aren't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, it gives you that presence because there's a limitation on the number, it's only the elite. But on the other side of that is the fact that the United States is the most litigious society in the world. We sue everyone for anything. And then it's the language. I mean, you do. You have an art of language when it comes to law. So, And if you don't speak that language, you are in trouble (laughs) on the internet trying to look up and figure out whatever it is. Which is why you (laughs) pay lawyers lots of money because you're like, I don't know what the hell this this stuff says. (laughs) Or I don't know how to say it in a way that sounds right or say it in a way that's going to make sense you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. one thing it's one thing to express yourself but to express yourself legally is a completely different thing i guess it's true because you just got to be you have to be specific without being specific right you have to account <laughs> that's the shit i'm talking about right there that's that shit i'm talking about well it's, it's like you have to account for all possibilities and right. leave room open for the possibility the moon and back Right? The moon <laughs> so, like we, we discussed this a little while ago about uh, a contract where you deliver rights, and someone would say, "Okay, rights in the United States. Okay, rights in the world." And then there's a contract that says the rights to the universe, and it's like you got to plan for the future because then what happens the with future. satellites, right? You get satellites yep. coming into play. You got satellite transmissions going up, coming down, and if you transmit something to a satellite, is it still within Earth? You know, it's coming to come back down, but does it still count? Somewhere is going to say, "No, this doesn't count anymore." So, what if you a portal opens up into another? Dimension. Is exactly. that considered the universe or is that another universe? Yeah, is that a multiverse? 
See, multiverse it is. Is it a different part of our existing universe or it is a separate universe entirely? Hmm, separate universe. Another dimension. That's another, a another dimension. Yeah, yeah, another dimension. A frequency update. The frequency. upside down if you're a Stranger Things fan. <laughs> then it's a multiverse and that would no longer count under this contract, so everything would break down. Yeah, we're fucked if that happens. <laughs> Just like how. Uh, or you're in luck. Dull. It depends on what side you're on. Yes, exactly. Hardeep with the contract saying, "Oh nope, this is a multiverse. I'm sorry, this is not (laughs) my client. (laughs) Does not have to pay this. I'm sorry. He can transmit this pirate signal of, uh, you know, (laughs) Stranger Things to another dimension for free if he likes. That's crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) Oh man. So okay, well, you know. I guess for us, it's been uh, just great getting to like understand some of that process because it really helps like create structure around a lot of the industries that are around. Um, particularly music. You know, uh, music has always been a confusing thing to me. Like, you know, how are people really making money off of music? And I think for a lot of people out there, they don't really quite understand that part of it. And uh, just kind of as you are working on things and having to having the ability to be consulted, really, you know, opens up your eyes to, you know, making sure you protect yourself. So, you know, what would you what would you say out there to somebody who's maybe like, you know, starting to take things seriously, um, you know, from an artist perspective, looking to make some money? What might you tell someone who's like, you know, making some deals? How would they? Uh... Aside from getting a lawyer? Yeah, <laughs> aside from getting, or how could they find the right lawyer? I mean, how do they find a cool guy? Like, why don't they just walk into some big ass firm or what's the best thing for someone to do? You know, besides call uh, Tresquire Legal Services, LLC. Yeah, if you're like an 18 or 19-year-old kid that just recorded their first EP, but some uh, movie producer heard your song and was like, hey, I want to put one of your songs on there. Like, what would you do in that situation? I would say a lot of this comes down to cost and scale. And so if you are, uh, if you're Migos... Mm-hmm. You got different concerns on this 18-year-old, right? Yeah. Amigos, you got a big-ass contract. You got real stuff to worry about. A penny in royalties could make a difference of millions of dollars in the long run for you. So over there, you want a team on your side, right? You want real people knowing the depths of the industry and being able to negotiate that penny in and out and make sure it's not lost anywhere. Make sure your likeness isn't gone anywhere. If you're that 18 or 19-year-old, do you... You really need to start with the basics. You don't have that hit record yet, and so you don't need to worry about $50,000, $100,000 legal bills. Mm -hmm. One way to approach it is an organization I work with uh, called the Washington Area Lawyers for the Arts. I would say suggest give them a shout, you know, and it's it's not just in D.C. New York's got the uh, VLA, Volunteer Lawyers for the Arts. Pretty much every city has a system like this, and... uh, they tend I did not to go know towards, that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah they tend to go towards low-income folks. So mm-hmm. if, if, if you're 18 years old, you're working at Starbucks or something, you don't have that much of the funding, they might be able to help you out quite a bit. If you're Migos, they're probably not going to do too much because they know you can go <laughs> They're going to ask you to come perform. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, need my album recorded. So, but it's a great system. If, if you're really, like, if you're struggling in a real way, maybe someone will take care of you for free. If you're all right, but you can't afford those crazy big firm legal bills, you might find someone that'll give you what's called low bono. Like, instead of charging you $400 an hour, maybe they'll charge you 100 an hour, something like that. that okay. That's their way of giving back a little bit. So most cities have an organization like that. I would reach out to them because you don't want to sign anything before you've had a lawyer look at it because if you don't know what's up one little word could have you signing away all kinds of stuff yeah and that's historically what happens to artists is you know you they blow up and the next thing you know it's like 
you're broke because everyone took all your money. Or they're like entice you with a big advance, but they don't tell you that you're actually paying for your entire recording project. So if you spend a million dollars recording the project, you owe a million dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And, and who has the people are just excited to be doing something with their work. You know, to actually like make it happen. But then there's other people on the other side of it that are like, let me see how much I can milk out of these people. Because this is their first time in this situation. You know, let's take advantage of the situation. And that's, it's kind of this predatory. It's a shame, but yeah. It's this predatory thinking, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's what's really harmful. So, really harmful. So for situations like that, there are a lot of outs. And the legal profession has changed. Billing in the legal profession has changed since the market crashed back in 2008 and 2009 customers have stopped putting up with a lot of those predatory practices and lawyers have learned that they need to adapt and they need to change so there's a few ways around it you know one way is you have a flat fee and the Mm -hmm. lawyer will kind of hedge the risk on both sides they might go over they might go under but you know this is all you're paying just a step back lawyers traditionally build on an hourly basis whatever that might be $250 you have $1,200 for a big partner somewhere they bill hourly so if you're if you're uncertain and you're worried about that you can ask them to bill you in a flat fee arrangement where instead of you know $250 an hour for 12 to 25 hours it's just two grand you throw that down whatever cost mm-hmm. whatever dates is done another way is hourly with a cap on top so okay I'm you you charge me $400 an hour that's cool but after seven hours you can't bill me anymore but you have to complete this work within that within that oh, okay. little and that didn't used to be the norm like doing stuff like no that wasn't the norm because the lawyers had market power before you know we could bill what we wanted because there so was such what caused person. lawyers to like lose some of that market power like what what happened you said crash are you assuming the, the housing crash or are you talking about the lawyer crash is that some other thing it's uh it's pretty much the same thing the housing crash precipitated crashes in a lot of un- mm-hmm. other industries and legal profession really suffered uh-huh. so there have historically been several crashes for the legal profession over the last few decades one was in the early 90s but the biggest one in recent history has definitely been that 2000 2000 2008 2009 period yep. and mm-hmm. Scores of legal jobs just disappeared overnight. Firms disappeared overnight. Firms that have been around for 100 years, gone, just like that. Oh, wow. And so it, it really changed the nature of the profession. And now now the consumer, the the, the client, has way more in, this, in the way of bargaining power. Mm-hmm. So if you come in, you can try. I, if you're going to a big firm and you're that 18, 19 year old, they're they're not gonna work with you like that. Yeah. But if you find someone that'll that'll be in your range, they might be willing to work with you, whether they're doing it low bono, full price, or pro bono. And you can you can try and work something out to make sure things don't go overboard for you. Just be upfront and honest with what you can deal with and with their expectations on what they plan on charging you for their work. Okay. Okay. See. Y'all probably, if y'all didn't get all that, y'all need to like rewind and go back pull and up, play pull it up, back. Pull up, pull up, Yeah, like, and then you're going to like be like, damn, I need to just call this dude up because. This is a different kind of episode for sure. Yeah, This yeah. is one that requires you to think. Really, <laughs> Habibi? Yes, think in depth. You I, know? I know DJ Amon Ra is on a different level, but you know, Aperture no. over here <laughs> and definitely me. We're always on that mission. It's just different. No, it's like coming to see Rob how like, we think now. Giant Egyptian here. Listen, hear me out. I mean it in a sense of like, you know, usually when you're listening to a podcast that revolves around music, you're just enjoying yourself, enjoying the vibes, enjoying the groove. You're not really like thinking about your problems that you're having. But for this episode, you could be thinking about your legal problems that you're having, yeah. you know, because you got shafted, you know, a thousand dollars from some booking agent that didn't decide to pay you. 
so <laughs> thank you, you. Like it's thank you Habibi, you heard that, folks. for he your said it like it happened before that's what's important well, i think what's also important is <laughs> seeing your lawyer is kind of like counseling <laughs> you know because you get to if he's dope yeah, if he's a dope lawyer. If he's a good lawyer, exactly. If he's a dope <laughs> lawyer, it's kind of like counseling because he forces you to think from a different perspective that you would normally think. And that's, I think that's one of the main goals that you guys try to like, that's how you want to work with people. It's like, no, stop thinking of it because you're attached to it because this is your piece of work or your piece of art. You have to think about it from like an outside perspective. Yeah, agreed. Nobody really tells you that in life except a lawyer. <laughs> you know? It's important, even for us, right? Like, let's say I want to sue someone tomorrow because something happened. The first thing they teach you, a, a good law professor will teach you, is you hire your own damn lawyer. Even if it's my area, let's say I come out tomorrow and start making tracks, which I'm not going to do because I ain't got those skills. Oh, but let's man. say theoretically I mm. did. Someone screwed me over. I'm not going to litigate that myself. I'm not going to get into that. I got to get someone that does not have the emotion involved because emotion clouds things, man. Mm -hmm. You got to make sure you have someone that can step back, think logically and assess and act accordingly. Uh, see, and that that's the thing I don't think I ever thought about with a lawyer. You know, I always thought it was cool when I was watching like Entourage and there'd be some dope, you know, lawyer scenes, you know, the lawyers always telling them not to do something stupid. Right. And then they do it. Right. Yeah. I've always wanted a lawyer like that. <laughs> I mean, the one where you waste your money and go do whatever you want? Yeah, yeah. And then he takes us to dope parties or something. <laughs> He's like, well, since you yeah. paid me all this money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, take well, my advice. <laughs> so we're going to go back into some music here in a minute. But um, what I wanted to say was uh, I know that you specialize in a special kind of law, which is um, definitely a thing because of the burgeoning industry, uh, which is marijuana law, right? I like to call it cannabis law. Just, uh, cannabis you know, law. As we've discussed, words matter. And words marijuana has a unfortunately negative connotation. Cannabis, you know, when you say the word cannabis, I find people speak about it more logically, okay. more open-minded. So I personally like to use cannabis, but I, I'll work with you. <laughs> yeah. Corrected I, by the lawyer. I, I do. I do advise uh, clients and potential clients on cannabis law on the business side, the legal side, on what makes sense, what doesn't make sense, how things are kind of working right now on state and federal levels and dynamics. And um, Which yeah, I can imagine is a very difficult thing with all the way how these laws seem. They're very crazy. Um, but I want to talk about that, but I'm going to, I'm going to wait to the second half and we'll, we'll go into that because I think you listeners here, you'll find it pretty interesting just like, you know, how strange some of these laws are in order that and you know i know in a lot of places especially here in dc you know you're seeing these things pop up so you know it might be good to just have an understanding of how those things work and i don't think people really understand it so with that i don't know i'm in how you feeling man i'm feeling good i think i want to call in gigglefoot for a fake news report before we head into this what fake news report this is the fake news reports with your host gigglefoot fake news report that I that came to my attention that you had to, you know, inform us about. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Is it, is it Woman Crush one Wednesday? No, today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. <laughs> my fake news report? Oh, about my t my love, Tiffany Haddish and Trevor Noah and how beautiful they were the other day. No, 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 <laughs> that can't be it. Oh, fake news? Man, there's so much fake news out there. There's people that can't be named anymore and... You know, people going to jail. Fake news. It's out there. It's everywhere. It's the real thing now. That's Wait, it. was that a fake news report? I don't, that, that was, was a, a fake, fake news report. report. This is the fake news reports with your host, 
Giggle foot. <laughs> that was a fake news report. It's a fake news report. Fake news. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. All right. On that note, that is like, yo, we're gonna have to play that back. We're gonna put that on. A, I know. We're gonna put that in a track. So uh, <laughs> you you have to uh, you have to kick us off with the uh, with the next song here for the break. What, what do you wanna What do you wanna hear? Anything. 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 It could be Spice Girls if you want. I'm not gonna say Spice Girls. I'm gonna throw it back a few decades. Um, I don't know if you got this, man, but if you got it... I got the power of the internet. <laughs> All right. Not after net neutrality goes through. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> All right. Next episode. An old school collaboration. Um, Dizzy Gillespie and Chana Pozo's Manteca. Oh, man, this guy. I definitely don't have that, so I'm going to download that. spell that. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it up to... Oh, man, this song's probably going to be so much fire, too. It's going to be like... What's the name of the song? What's the name of the song? Manteca, like bur- butter. Uh, M-A-N-T-E-C-A. Manteca. It means butter? Mm-hmm. In Spanish. How many, you know, like, I think... There's a funky low-lives remix and the regular joint. I'm guessing you want the regular. Yeah, play that. Play that original. Throw it down, whatever you feel like. All right. This is how you put a DJ on the spot. Oh, no. Amon Ra, what you gonna do? I don't know yet. I haven't heard it yet, so I'm just going to let it play. <laughs> All right, so he's queuing it up. You should wait. This is the Funky Low Life version. Um, see, already, that's why you can't be behind the DJ booth, bro. <laughs> Yo, oh, it's on Verve Remixed. Oh, so it's going to be, yeah, it's Dizzy Gillespie, so. All right. This is Monteca by Dizzy Gillespie. This is beautiful, 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 beautiful.
like it's common sense. Hopped out the bends like it's common sense. Got a monkey on my feet like it's common sense. Got gorillas in the streets like it's common sense. Stack the money heads up like it's second nature. Got a stair pulled up like it's second nature. Keep a chip in my hair like it's second nature. Big wonder make me sad like second nature. Zez disappear like second nature Posted on the same block like an hour later Whole team eating but it's only right There's a spare plate but you're the phony type J-Hus ugly in it Baby one minute Your bunda looking wicked Hey yo I started off gentle My stroke ain't mental My lifestyle eventful I didn't mean to offend you Fendi belt saying F you I style like I'm mental Moving wild and mental I made another five this week Your money playing hide and seek I don't even like to speak I just tell him high and die Slide up automatic high and die High and die High and die Doing styles on them like it's common sense Hopped out the vents like it's common sense Put a monkey on my feet like it's common sense Got gorillas in the streets like it's common sense Stack the money heads up like it's second nature Got a stay pulled up like it's second nature Keep a chip in my hair like it's second nature Big wonder make me sad like second nature
Live from Washington, D.C. This is The Beaten Path, episode number 27. Here with our guests, Aperture, Tresquire, (laughs) and Gigglefoot. You call him Tresquire now? I'm good with that. I'm a guest. I'm DJ Tresquire. Yo, no, that's going to be his DJ name, too, if we ever get him to spin some stuff. (laughs) It's going to be all, like, Dizzy Gillespie tracks. Um, Which, you know what? I got to ask you, quick. Top three favorite, three favorite songs, quick, in no particular order. Uh, of all time? Just, yeah, boom. Um, Lupe, Kick Push. Ooh. Uh, Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Okay, classic, bam. Mm. And, uh, damn, this is hard, man. Pretty much anything Bonobo does. Oh, I love Bonobo. You said um earlier, you said Lobo, lo, Lobo, what do you call it? Like a pro bono? Low pro bono? Is that what you said? Low bono. Low, Low bono. Yeah, he said that earlier. And I was going to make now a bonobo joke, and then I was like, never mind, forget it. No one's going to get it. Now it's here. But he would, <laughs> yes, he would have totally got it. Uh, one of my new favorite artists these days, though, is Alice in Wonderland. She is okay. dope. She's pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I'm unfamiliar. From Australia, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like 17 or something. She's yeah. like super young, but spinning the sickest beats. Uh, we played some of her her stuff in like the very beginning of our podcast, like uh, at the very, very beginning. Okay, okay. Yeah. Very, very Australian? Big. Yes. Shout out to Edie Blue. Yeah, Australia. Yeah, still doing it. Australia. Yeah. What was the words we learned? Um, Route. Bogan. Bogan. She's out there boganing or whatever. No. I'm- <laughs> 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 so we're here with Hardeep Grover to discuss, you know, matters of legal needs. Yeah, and uh, in the last bit of the uh, last half, we ended on discussing uh, that you specialize in cannabis law. I was corrected, folks. Cannabis law, to be a little bit clear. But, um, you know, the laws for this are very strange, like, especially here in the district. Like, I, you know, when I talk to people and I see them now, one of the things they say to me all the time is like, man, isn't uh, is weed legal or marijuana legal in D.C.? And I'm like, yeah. And then they proceed to ask me, like, well, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, you can't sell it. And they're like, wait, then it's not legal. And I'm like, wait, no, it's it's complicated. Maybe you could tell us a little bit or tell our listeners, like, what exactly does legal mean here in the district? So it depends on what view you want to take. Uh, you know, you can be optimist, you can be a realist, whatever. One, you say... It ain't legal. It's not legal anywhere in the United States. So how the United States government works is that there's at least two levels of regulation in most things. You've got the federal government, and then you've got the state governments. And We'll, we'll get into it in a second, but local governments actually play in big as well. Now, federal law, what? state law. Sorry, that is a bad use of words right <laughs> now. Because no. that's what's happening. Yeah. And you know, the thing you don't know is on our podcast, whenever what? is said, we bleep it out with the DMX thing. So people are going to be like, oh, he just dropped. What? Anyway, go ahead. Love it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so the federal government, if it makes a law that's, you know, against the state law, then the federal law owns, it wins. It's larger. It's bigger. Right. So mm-hmm. the state law gets quashed. Um, Federal government has said that cannabis is a Schedule One drug. It has no medicinal or redeeming purpose of any kind at all imaginable. So not and true. So, yeah. <laughs> so under federal law, cannabis is illegal, which means in nowhere in the country is cannabis legal at all at any level. However, what's happened is uh, a lot of states have just started coming out and saying, you know what, let's let, let's let our voters vote. And it really started with Colorado. They're the first to come through, I want to say, in 2013. Um, so, so wait, how come the states just don't, how come the federal government just isn't like, screw you, Colorado, this is illegal and locks everybody up? Like, why doesn't that happen? So they did for oh. a while. Uh, George Bush was doing that. He was uh, the, uh, the younger one. Yeah. Uh, he was... Uh, <laughs> Is that W? That's W. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, it, it was a thing that was happening in California. You know, you, you had dispensaries out there a long time ago. And they'd be operating, they'd be operating, they'd be grow houses, farms, operating, operating. One day, DOJ, whoever, come in, shut it down. Everyone gets arrested. But people really love it. So it keeps sprouting up, right? You're not going to get rid of a weed. It's not going to happen. You try Mm-hmm. We, we tried to create a prohibition just like we did for alcohol. It didn't go anywhere. And so a lot of states are recognizing that just like alcohol, it doesn't make sense to continue making it a criminal criminal offense uh, and to actually create a system behind it. So Colorado started first. Their citizens decided, okay, let's make this legal. And they decided to create a framework behind it. Now, what happened on the federal side is a uh, quick law lesson. Quick, quick legal lesson here. So uh, Congress is in charge of creating the laws. The mm-hmm. president is in charge of enforcing them. One of his enforcement branches is the Department of Justice. 
So what happened is Obama told the attorney general running the Department of Justice uh, in something called the Cole Memorandum to basically not enforce the laws. Wait, Obama did this? Yeah. Yeah, he did. I did not know this. Uh, First one, I believe, was in 2009. And then I believe the updated Cole Memorandum was in 2013. Okay. And basically it said, you know, we're going to let states do their own thing except for this 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 and this and there's there's like seven or eight exceptions on there one of them is like if the funds are used for uh for uh, terrorism or if it's no, no. creating drunk uh something akin to drunk driving mm-hmm. uh stone driving that creates harms so in cases like that the doj will come in and enforce they'll shut people down if they need to if it affects kids um They'll shut it down. But aside from those very particular situations, the federal government has taken a hands-off approach in a lot of things, but only in states where the states have legalized it um, based on election system. So California, Washington, Oregon, Nevada, um, uh, Maine, Massachusetts, the federal government will not enforce in these cases. Now, if you step over to, um, I don't know, Iowa, they probably still will. Hmm. Uh, so in certain areas, in certain states, in certain territories, there's a little bit of a carve out. So D.C. is one of those areas where we've quasi-legalized. So they're not really, really enforcing too hard over here. They could, but they're choosing not to. And uh, the name you're about to bleep out, uh, President what? if he decides to go ahead and pull the coal memorandum, well, it's kind of all over. Wait right? a minute. Oh, is there a possibility that he might do that? Yeah, of course. Oh, of course, because, you know, Obama did it, basically, right? And that's what Trump (laughs) likes to do. Here's what it comes down to, right? Congress made a law. They said this is illegal. They charged the president with enforcing the law. The president, Obama, wrote a letter that said, you know what, for right now, don't enforce this. If Trump just says, ignore this letter, it goes back to 2005. Oh, man, this guy, man, I'm telling you what, man. But it's not that easy, though, Mm -hmm. right? It's it's a concept of putting the toothpaste back in the tube. (laughs) Things have come a long way, man. Like, in the past 10 years, things since Colorado legalized, there's there's a whole... Industry. Industries around the country built around it. Networks, contracts. Like, it's a very complicated situation. It's going to be very difficult to just say you know what, we're actually going to crack down right now. Politically difficult, uh, logistically difficult. He can do it, but I don't see him doing it. So Jeff Sessions uh, created a task force uh, back in August, I want to say, to uh, reassess the situation, reassess whether or not there are risks from cannabis. And he came back with no changes because realistically, if he said, yeah, I, I want to remove this, I want to make it illegal again, how's he going to do it? It's too hard right now. Mm, right. right, okay. So that's like... Uh Almost enacting um, martial law. You got <laughs> to yeah. get people's weed back. You it's know? like if they just made DJing illegal right now and then they lock Rami up, what would happen? We'd have to bail him out because the world needs music. That was, you can that make was the same nice argument thing I said. for weed. You know, <laughs> the world needs weed. But, it's also you know, complicated because the cannabis. voters in these states have decided that they want it to be legal. So yeah, exactly. yeah. they've obviously got they would be very upset. So do you see this at one point going to like the Supreme Court, you know, where the government did decide to come in and say this is illegal? Like, how, how, what's the solution? Does Congress have to like... The solution is Congress has to change it. They have to change the law. I don't see the current Supreme Court uh, the way it's currently structured, changing this law, and I don't see real grounds at this point for them to do it. I, it's not like it's an actual civil right. Colorado made it a civil right. It's mm-hmm. part of their constitution. But the United States will not see that any time in the next decade or two. So I think Congress has to go back in and change it, and they have to recognize what's happening as a result of it. Now, for those that may not be familiar, 
In 2016, cannabis was a 6.7 billion, with a B, industry in the mm. United States. That's before states like California legalized. California legalization goes into effect January 1st. By the end of this, uh, by the end of 2018, my estimate is the cannabis industry could easily be worth 15 billion dollars, which mm. is Ooh. certainly doubled, more than doubled by just. No, we need states. to open. We need to open up a farm or something, man. So that's coming back to D.C. Ah. Right? So D.C. voted. It said, yes, we want it to be legal. The problem is Congress kind of has some strings on D.C. because it's a federal territory. It's not mm. its own state. We don't have independence in our own way. And uh, so, so Congress basically hampered any kind of framework. So in D.C., it's theoretically legal, but we have no way of buying or selling. So you can't just open a recreational dispensary. Mm. In, the, in the District of Columbia, you cannot buy and you cannot sell recreationally. You can gift and you can receive. Mm -hmm. Technically, there should be no strings attached behind those. It's just a matter of gifting. So, <clears throat> Rami, you, you were gifted some weed because you obviously didn't buy any, right? Right. So I would never gifted. do such a thing. Exactly. <laughs> you were gifted weed by someone, maybe a, a friend of yours, and you decided to gift some to Brandon. Now, I say, Brandon, I will gift you this weed. I'd love it if you gave me 20 bucks. That doesn't really count. Some people will argue businesses are sprouting up trying to do stuff like that, but under DC law, that doesn't really work. It's it's very much a facade. But everyone's choosing not to enforce against those facades right now. Mm. Uh, just to throw it back as well, uh, in terms of people thinking it's legal in DC, I see people smoking weed walking down 16th Street. It is not wise. <laughs> the reason is there are 28 police forces, as far as I know, 28 police forces with jurisdiction in the District of Columbia, everything from Secret Service to Park Police. Now, out of those 28 police forces, one of them, MPD, will probably not enforce anything against you. The other 27, yeah, yeah, you, you might get in a little trouble. Now, the Secret Service probably is not going to come knocking on your door, so you don't have as much to worry about. But a lot of land in the district is park police territory, or, or is national parks territory. Yeah. Park police will enforce. So if you're walking through one of those areas, you got greens on you, or you're going to smoke something, that's not a good situation to be in. So I, I, I would like to stress for those that think that weed is legal in D.C., that you still need to be careful here. See, I think that... I was just talking with someone yesterday who was saying that, yeah, you know, I just see people walking down the street, and I was like, yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it's not legal. And it, that's... I think people are still... I guess MPD or... No one's just enforcing it, and that's just what we're going to live by, pretty much? Like, Yeah, they're not enforcing it here, but it doesn't mean they're not enforcing it in Nevada or... Well, actually not in Nevada anymore, probably. In so. Virginia. Virginia, so, right across the border. Just go right to oh, Virginia. Virginia is a whole get, different yeah, if you get thing. caught with weed in Virginia. And that's a, that's a weird thing, because, I mean, people are traveling and working from, you know, in the DMV. Yeah. yeah. Virginia, Maryland, you never know what's going down. Well, as an example of how, how distinct it is between the two areas, Georgetown and Roslyn are linked by Key Bridge, right? So in the district, you're allowed under D.C. law to have up to two ounces of cannabis on you at one time. No penalty at all. Virginia law, the penalties start at half an ounce, the real penalties. Mm. So you walk across the bridge with that two ounces, what you're legal, legally allowed to have in the district. You walk over to Virginia, you've got at least a one-year mandatory minimum incarceration with very feasibly up to 10 years incarceration. Ooh, in Virginia? In one Virginia, the moment you cross the bridge. Yeah. As soon as you cross that key bridge, it goes from nothing to 10 years in jail. That's, out that's outrageous. Man. That is outrageous. That's but that's you know that's how outdated our system is. Some of these states are still operating, yeah. you know, as if it was nineteen twenty four, 
What, when did Lee, when did merit cannabis actually become illegal? It was after the hemp ordeal, right? Well, so I think that's a little bit of a misnomer. So enforcement of cannabis started in 1906, but 1937 is really when it started going down, when the federal government decided to start enforcing. And it was by one guy, he's called the drug czar, uh, Anslinger. And he was just on a mission to make it illegal. Some people say that it was because of hemp, because hemp was competing with paper. A lot more people say it was simply racism. It was, you know, Mexicans and African-Americans smoking weed and... The people in power didn't like that. They wanted a way to try and enforce, so this is how they did it. There's a lot of theories out there. I wasn't around back then, so I can't really speak to it. I don't, I don't huh. see concrete evidence for anything except the racism, personally, but that's maybe because I've just seen Well, I mean, that so. is... Yeah. You know, it's like Beyonce's statement the other day, you know, the whole thing about the country being... The whole system is based on, you know, yeah, institutionalized racism. racism. Yeah, that's a whole other. It's funny that yeah. marijuana, but just to say that, but it's true. Something as simple as marijuana is entangled so, in the framework of that. So, just for a second, so I know we're talking about like the legality of it, like holding it on you or smoking it in public. But you know, from a lawyer pers- perspective, I guess like your mission, you know, mission, but your deal would be to help people, you know, work with cannabis in legal ways because that's what you said earlier. You know, you're about enabling people to do things. So. If I was a, a would-be entrepreneur and I was interested in doing something like in cannabis, like are you the type of person I would come to and be like, "Hey, you know," absolutely, but not in the district because again, in district you can't really make a, a business behind it. You can make a, a business in the district with ancillary products. So you want to make vaporizers or bowls or pipe cleaners, whatever you want, apparatus that are involved and related to cannabis. You can definitely make a business around, and that business would thrive because. In the district, you're allowed to grow plants at home, six at one time, max of three flowering at once, so people can have weed legally without having to buy it. But they'll always need papers or bongs or things like that. So in the district, I would say that's a good move. But I would say you shouldn't open up anything like a, not a dispensary, because you're not going to get a license for that. But any kind of cannabis business is not wise here, but in California... It's different. Out there, you can definitely do something like that. So I work in California, New York, D.C., and Virginia. And I can advise clients in California about it. But in D.C., you know, if it's ancillary products or it's something related to gifting, I'm happy to chat it out. And especially when people come to me in D.C. with ideas, I can tell them what will work here and what will not work here because of that special gifting dynamic. So I guess is what I'm going to get at here is like what I've seen, you know, we've seen events and there's like services and things like you know they're kind of on the underground like people like know about these things like you could just you know there's times where we've seen parties where it's just like people are smoking and i'm like well how are they distributing this is this legal maybe it is illegal i don't know but it seems like they're kind of working this gifting thing in a certain way is is that because of that or like what are they what exactly is happening here so what's happening is uh so i i went to one of these parties just to check it out once and it had this vibe like uh like the parents were out of town, so the kid was just throwing a party, right? Like, <laughs> I went to this one event. I'm not going to name the place because it's not good for the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but basically what was happening is you have this fee. It's like $15 to get into the place. And when you get into this party, you get free food, and then there's a line of uh, vendors. And these vendors will say, all right, give me 10 bucks, and I'll give you this bracelet. You give them 10 bucks, they give you a bracelet. Now they say, all right, give me back this bracelet. I'm going to give you this special cookie. That's mm. a facade. That doesn't work. But the entry to the party, that's a little bit more legitimate, right? Okay. Because you're getting into a party. Now, when you get into that party, you can choose whether or not you want to consume the fa- cannabis. If they got some special macaroni and cheese or pre-rolled, well, 
I won't say pre-rolled pre macaroni and cheese because because you don't want to be smoking in a public place. Okay, but right. That's another. That's a fire hazard. Edibles are as well. Not that. But <laughs> edibles are a little bit that's what Amon Ra is worried about: is burning the place down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's just it's a matter of creating separation in the transaction, right? You don't want it to look like I'm saying, okay, I'm going to give you this money and you're going to give me this this cannabis, give me this weed, give me this special cookie. You want a separation there. So if you say, all right, give me twenty bucks and I'll let you in this party. Party. There's a full bar at this party. There's great music at this party. There's there's people you can meet at this party. You can choose to consume this free cannabis we're giving you or you don't. It's up to you. It's just something we have on hand like a bowl of mints. If you do something like that, it's a little safer because there's a separation between them. It's not a direct transaction where you're just trying to hide the fact that you're actually selling. So hypothetically speaking, if I was to throw a party and charge $200 at the door and then there's all the weed that you can consume in there, that's fine? <laughs> it's relative, right? <laughs> now you're making it a little. And like, hey, here's a cocktail. You know, you have unlimited open bar, and you have unlimited weed. You know, so that's a little more reasonable. If you just have an open weed bar and you have no alcohol or a paid bar, and it's two hundred bucks, it's gonna look like it's just for the weed. If you have an open bar for two hundred bucks and it comes with one free joint, that's probably okay because it's really a focus on the alcohol at that point. The so weed is something you're giving them the And they, can they consume it in the place or no? They shouldn't be smoking it in the place. Because that gives what? Prob- like some cause A variety for, of issues. Because yeah. A, you can't smoke anything inside of restaurants or bars or clubs in the district. And B, mm. you can't smoke cannabis in public. That's supposed to be Does something it say you, you can't smoke anything? You can't smoke tobacco. I'm pretty you sure cannabis will be lumped smoke. in because you're not allowed to smoke cannabis smoke. outdoors really. Yeah. Can hmm. I vape? Because, you know, uh, every, that's what everyone's doing. Well, I think you're not allowed to vape indoors either <laughs> inside these establishments. Uh, so many things. We're all breaking the law. We're just law. not supposed to do anything in life anymore, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's the that's point here. I'm not a teacher anymore. It, it, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> everybody's just doing this, and it's so apparent in our culture now, which, you know, it... To me, it's like, what's the big deal? But it's like, you how know. much? How many people have you put in? <laughs> you know what? This summarizes his best. I've seen a, uh, a meme on Twitter where it like shows a picture of like two white women doing yoga and saying how um, cannabis infusion with their yoga is helping them out. But then the response to the comment below would be like, yeah, say that to the 50,000 black men that are in prison right now for a joint. <laughs> like, I don't, I can't, I can't understand how you're like trying to make this into something when there's people already in jail and prison and lives ruined because they got caught with a fucking joint. Yeah, no, you know? I, yeah, it's forever but always been like a, my family like I've, I've never known anyone not to I mean Cheech and Chong was like the funniest thing to me like in the you know you had a this film that was just blatantly saying that it was okay and like it's always been that way so I I don't know it's just kind of uh, it's depressing it is and it's not but at the same time it's good to know you know your rights about these things because yeah you never want to be caught up in Virginia. It's a bit of a cockpit. <laughs> in Virginia, specifically. <laughs> Don't go over Key Bridge. You go over it, you're done. They're just going to cuff you and just... So anything less than half an ounce, <laughs> what happens under half an ounce? Do you know that? Uh, under half an ounce in Virginia, give me... Uh, you get... First offense, 30 days. 30 I, days? It's not a mandatory, but it's fairly possible wow. it's the maximum sense that you're likely to get but depending on the judge you get yeah they can they can throw you in for 30 days and a second of offense of not even one gram one flake right their law works up to half an ounce so mm. everything is a crime anything up to half an ounce is a misdemeanor for first or subsequent uh subsequent events where you get caught so if you get caught with a flake and i've known 
people where this has happened, that counts. <sighs> that could be a first event or a subsequent That's event. That's crazy. And that second event, third event, fourth event, you can get a year each time. So, I mean, I take it they're not really running around just busting people, but if they felt like just hassling you about it, that's basically what happens. Right? I mean, I think seven, eight years ago, they were. They were, dude. Mm. Virginia cops have always been known to be, you know, very strict upon things that they do. That's their take on the law. So they're trying to enforce the law as they think fit. I don't know. I, mm. It's not how I would structure a government, but I'm not really president yet. <laughs> dun, yet. Dun, dun. Keyword yet. Try squire. You heard him here first. I like what I'm hearing. <laughs> Are we thinking 2036, 2032? Trust Squire. Where are we at on the scale? Let's give it a few years. We'll play it out. Okay. 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 Well, you get my vote. Yeah, you definitely get my vote. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Can you make us uh, like ministers of interior or something like that? Ministers of beats. Ministers of beats, yes. (laughs) That sounds like a nice position to create. When you walk out, we just. The Department of Beats. We just make sure dope music's playing whenever you walk out. And we archive (laughs) all dope music, like. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Only dope music. (laughs) Man. Not gonna happen. Not Not, gonna happen. Yeah. So we'd get fired. All right. Well, it's been great having you on the podcast. Um, I think I've learned a lot. Just mm-hmm. like you are a tremendous resource. And I think if people just seek you out, any listeners out there looking for some legal advice, want to know what's up, like you want someone down to earth who, you know, can kick it and show you how things work. But then, you know, drop some legal mumbo jumbo on you. And represent you in multiple states. Yes. Multiple states. <laughs> multiple Specific- states. Multiple ways. Yes. Specifically the ones that are that are super California, important. New York. Man, he's Virginia. like he's killing the game, right? Just hey. like, man, I'm glad we met you, man. Thank you. And it's all thanks to Gigglefoot and Drina for That's making true. this happen. That's true. Wow. Yeah, that's the story. Is I used to live on the street that Hardeep lives on, and I moved away, and then came back to visit a neighbor, and her neighbor was like, "Hey, you should meet this lawyer across the street. He specializes in art law. You know, come, let's go meet him." I'm like, "Okay, let's go meet him." And we talk, and he's like, "Hey, you want to DJ my party?" And I was like. I want to, yeah. <laughs> and then after that, it just turned into. Oh, so did you DJ a party? I couldn't because I had to go back to Egypt. Oh, womp, womp, womp. Missed the party. He sent me with a playlist. I rocked that all night. Yeah, oh, I gave him music good. for the mix, and hey. you know, he had a good time. But next time you do it, I'd love to do it, man. Absolutely. Love the DJ. Y- y'all mind if I throw down my website? Real yeah, yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If y'all want to find me, it's <laughs> tresquire.com. T R E S Q U I R E. Find me on Instagram at tresquire legal. All right, well, it's okay. Wait, so from what I heard, JZL got a new song. Yes. Gold diggers. Go, okay. go, diggers. So if you guys recall, JZL was uh, on our previous podcast, and she is the empress of the DMV. And she comes off, she was, she was, she was super sweet and kind and nice, and then she dropped that track. She, what? It was like, what? what? Bittersweet. Oh, it was so... I can be your lover or your enemy. I could be your dream girl or I could be your enemy. <laughs> you know how these goddesses work. They're just y'all. Y'all are so deceptive. Sometimes I just don't even dream know. girl to enemy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're gonna go out on that. We got the gold diggers. Gold. Amin Ra is uh, currently Amin Ra. <laughs> uh, any last questions for Hardeep? Anything? You guys? You guys? Hey, thanks for being here. All right. Yeah. Hey, I had a blast, guys. This was this was great. <laughs> after the show is the after party and after the party is the hotel lobby and And now we just we got this gold digger. So hit us up on Instagram at the beaten path. We signing out. Peace. Hey.
Just hopped on the plane yeah. I'm on my way to Vegas uh, With my sister uh, Nay Looks so good they wanna pay us yeah. I'm ran to get your man He said he like our flavor When I Howard when ain't him That ain't you got some game No players I can't wait to hit the strip I'm trying to make some paper Put that money on Blackjack I like them dark You wanna later And I'm trying to get this money What you about to do If you say the right words I may let you meet my crew Now you see London Got it Got some something she bought it Ain't got time for no games And you won't ever hear her pouting If it ain't about the money She don't wanna hear about it If you talking about that green Better know that's what she counting Now Alicia Bad But she good cause she classy See the girl can talk a big game Cause she chillin' with her masters And that's speech of biology We can see her being a passer Cause the energy she brings Makes you wanna change your life No asking We some gold diggers We not checking for your goal We got our own figures We just checking off our goals You can't roll with us If you cannot pay the toll We not handing off free rides We just stand up cause we're bold I mean we gold diggers We not checking for your goal We got our own figures We just checking off our goals You can't roll with us If you cannot pay the toll Canadian mommy, Portuguese is her interior You like how that sounds and you should see her in the mirror Baby girl got all the moves, she dances so superior I mean so, so superior Next my sister, Candice She's so sweet and juicy that I like to call her Juicy Fruit Got an apple for her booty, rap the ANC University Better know the girl was choosy, she can make you laugh today Girl, why you had to do it? Next I can't forget my sister, you should know they call her Alex She acts just like a princess as if we came from a palace Got the beauty and the brains, she's also got the Fantastic. I can look like a model chick, then I'll spaz all like a rapper. Don't insult my intelligence. Why you mad? Cause I talk proper. I do not care about your friends. I've got my own, so I'm a friend. I make my goals and then I turn. And when I'm done, I get refunds. I like to party with my girls. When our work is done, I like to shop until I drop. I will pay for everyone. I say it, I'ma do it. Get the dream and get straight to it. I'm all about my money. My biography is fluid. Let's get good and see, pursue it. Then I understand the movement. Then you cannot join the team. For your goal, we got our own figures. We just checking off our goals. You can't roll with us. If you cannot pay the toll, we not handing off free rides. We just stand up cause we're bold. I mean, we gold diggers. We not checking for your goal. We got our own figures. We just checking off our goals. You can't roll with us. If you cannot pay the toll, we not handing off free rides. We just stand up cause we're bold.